Hey, welcome back. Uh, it's another episode of Business of Film, episode number 42. My name is Jesse Eichmann, and you're listening to a crafttruck.com podcast. All right, so today, this is kind of a fun one, different. We've got Howard Kastner on with us today. He is a professional script reader for film festival, sorry, not film festival, for screenplay submission contests. So uh, he reads presently for the Slamdance screenplay competition and also for the Final Draft screenplay competition, amongst others. And he gets into what he's learned over a decade plus of reading scripts. He reads on average, and this is crazy, it's it's three to four hundred scripts a year, and he goes into really all the things that, uh, that, that turn them on, that turn them off, what writers are doing right and wrong from the perspective of that script reader. So it, it's really neat, just some interesting stuff. Uh, just a quick side note, we had some uh, audio troubles, connect, uh, connectivity issues actually. Uh, the call dropped a few times during uh, the, the podcast. So I've done my best to just stitch it all together to make it as seamless as possible. But if you hear a few bumps in the road, uh, that's why. In any case, the information is great. Howard, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is episode number 42. If you want to check out the show notes and also uh, a link to a book that Howard wrote, the rand, uh, uh, you can check that out on our show notes, and that's crafttruck.com slash BOF42. All right, enjoy the show. Uh, Howard, thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time and just to get our listeners a little bit more informed on who you are and, and what you do. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a background on yourself? Sure. Uh, well, uh, my name, of course, is Howard Kasner. I am a uh, script consultant and a script reader for contest. Um, I also am a screenwriter as well. Uh, most recently, I published a book on Amazon, Rantings and Ravings of a Screenplay uh, Reader, which, t- which has a series of essays, the most important ones for screenwriters, that are entitled uh, Things I Learned Reading for Screenplay Competitions uh, Over the Years. Um, I'm also a big blogger, you know, that sort of thing. So, I have to admit, I, I heard the title of your book, and okay. I was just like, this is amazing. I, oh, I have to have you on the show. I, I just think it's, it's well, great. a brilliant title. And obviously, I want to dive into everything that, you know, uh, you've learned having read. I don't know. How many scripts have you read uh, reading for, for contests? It's hard to say. I started reading around 2003, and I've been doing it constantly. It's possible that I read sometimes three to four hundred a year over the past say eight years or so so more than i think i'd like to remember <laughs> put it that way that's amazing just absolutely amazing so just uh, are you allowed to tell us which screenplay contests you read for well i have been on some other interviews so you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, the two main ones are the Slam Dance Screenplay Competition and the Final Draft Big Break Competition. I have read for others along the way, but those are the two I consistently work for. I do sort of hesitate in a way to say that because I don't want people to think, oh, I know that he reads for those. It's not going to do you any good. It's not going to help you knowing me. I'm not going to tell you anything if you entered your screenplay. I'm not going to talk about it at all, and then you're not going to get anything extra from me by knowing that. 
Great. Okay. So, I, I mean, obviously, that, that sets not only a, a good precedent, but it also, I think, speaks uh, very clearly about you and your job because it's clear to me that the material speaks for itself. If you write a good screenplay, right. you'll give it a good review, and if you don't, you won't, and, and that's the end of that. But obviously, having... Uh, Having read so many, and, and obviously before we go into the nuts and bolts of your book and things that you've learned along the way, how did you get into it? I mean, you've been doing this now for over a decade. How did it all start? Well, um, in one way, I tell people that um, I've always been a know-it-all. I've always been a huge know-it-all. And finally, I found a job where that is actually an advantage. Uh, the way I got into it is actually the same way so many people get into anything in L.A. is I met somebody. And he was very kind enough to say, why don't you call this guy? They're looking for readers. It was Slam Dance. I called. He uh, had me do some coverage for a particular screenplay. And I was a little worried because it had like won an award the year before. And I didn't like it. <laughs> and I was going, oh, dear, what, what do I do? But I was honest. And I said why I didn't think it worked. What cemented me then at Slam Dance, starting there, is that uh, I discovered the first place winner that year at the last moment. It was like a, a week until the final, uh, the winners were going to be decided, and I read a screenplay, and I called him and said, you've got to get every single reader to read a screenplay, and it ended up coming in first place, and that sort of cemented my reputation there. Then down the lane, you, you start meeting other people involved in other screenplay contests, and also you just start sending out random uh, query letters saying, "Do you need readers?" Gotcha. Okay, so so here you go. You're you're at uh, Slam Dance uh, reading for them, and mm-hmm. what was the process like originally? Were they just sending you tens of dozens of screenplays a week? Or I mean, well, uh, they they weren't sending it to me because this was back in 2003. So things are so much nicer now because everything just about is done over uh, the internet. You get screenplays over the internet, you submit coverage over the internet. But no, I would have to go by sometimes twice a week and pick up 10, 20, whatever screenplays people had mailed in and then I had to go back and return them. Oh my God, uh, and you're I, right. I, actually, I completely forgot it's 2014. <laughs> it's 2003, it's, everything was in paper. Oh my oh, God. Oh, and it's so much better now. Everybody really likes it better. And it's actually, it's great. I just got for the first time uh, 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 not a Kindle, but uh, you know, one of those small readers that you can take anywhere. So now I can read anywhere. I can go on a bus and ride the bus all day, and I, I can read screenplays. It's just uh, uh, wonderful today, and so much easier. So yes, the, basically that would that would be it. I would go in. I would sometimes, you know, I'd have two bags full of uh, screenplays, bring home, read them, return them. Um, second reads and third reads and fourth reads then toward the end all the top readers the one who had read most of the screenplays uh would get together and we would yell and scream at each other until we came up with uh what we thought should be the top 10 that's interesting okay so i mean that that goes into hello hi can you hear me okay hello hello did i lose you are you there i am here i can hear you can you hear me (laughs) this is like in have i lost you (laughs) <laughs> We're in some weird, some weird nexus zone here. Oh no! Yeah, I can hear you now. You can hear me now. <laughs> I, yes, I'm trying at a new microphone. Yes, I can. I'm trying at a new microphone today. This may absolutely be my fault. 
if that's the case. So okay. sorry about that. I, I may edit that out. I may not. I may not. That was kind of funny. Um, anyway, <laughs> so okay. So uh, what, what you're talking about is the process of how uh, a script is eventually selected, and, and I want to get there, but. Before we do that, I mean, you've read so many screenplays. You, you, right. you've, you've written this book. Um, talk to me a little bit about what is your thought process when you sit down and you crack open a script for the first time? Well, basically what grabs me for a screenplay is almost always uh, characters. If I'm interested in the characters... Uh, you'll have me for a lot longer than if you just have an interesting plot. Um, characters, you can get by with, if you have really strong and vibrant characters, you can get by with much smaller plot, like Garden State, uh, you know, a movie like that, where it's not Indiana Jones. So character is generally it. If I'm not interested in the characters in the first ten pages, it almost really doesn't matter what you do. So if I start reading and there are these characters there and I'm just really interested in them, then I'm going, okay, I want to know what's going to happen to them. So that's sort of basically uh, how it begins. And um, every once in a while you'll see something where someone opens up with just an incredibly interesting plot twist. But that's one in a thousand. Almost nobody can do that. So you're saying that the first thing you're looking for in those first ten pages is just a character that, that jumps off the page for you basically yes okay so uh walk walk me through your kind of thinking and analysis of a script now, first of all how many times will you read a script is it you'll read a script once write down your notes and you right. move on to the next yes basically that's it um and some people may not think that's fair but at the same time that's how you're going to get in an agency or with the manager or anybody else they're only going to read it once they're not going to read it twice so yes I only read each one once. Um, the difference is if I do private consultation, no, I might read it more than once, but there's a different purpose to uh, that. Are you taking notes as you're reading, or is it all? Yes. All, yeah, okay. Yes. Okay, so um, w- w- walk me through then, just kind of as you're going through the script, what are the... Uh, do, do you break down your notes into sort of different sections where you're, you're you're reading along and you're writing down all the characters and you're writing down all the scenes you're writing down what you're liking what you're not liking like li- literally just just if you if, if we were on the, the the phone and I was kind of in your mind and you were walking me through what you're thinking about as you're reading a script uh, just take take me through your thought process well basically. The better it is, the fewer notes I actually take. So if I'm taking lots of notes, that pretty much means that it's probably not working. The first thing I will notice, and I'll take some notes on, is the formatting. And in addition to how readable is it. I mean, in the first 10 pages, your formatting is really horrendously bad. And I mean horrendously bad. You would be amazed at some of the formatting I get. Um, then I will take some notes on that. I won't dwell on that very much in the coverage. I'll just say you need to get a book. You need to read more screenplays, something like that. If it's just not readable, where I'm going in the first 10 pages, I have no idea what's going on here. You know, I, I, I can't figure it out. I, I'm just totally lost. That's, you know, it's pretty much over. And those are sometimes the hardest to read because you're going, oh, God, I have to read 
100 more pages of this, and I have no idea what's going on. Generally, by page 20 or 30, I know whether I'm going to recommend it or not. Um, every once in a while, you'll have a lousy Act 1, and you'll have a just a tremendous Act 2 and Act 3, but that almost never happens. Uh, more likely, you're going to have a great Act 1 and Act 2, and the Act 3 may sort of peter out. So around page 20 or 30, I know exactly whether I'm going to recommend it or not. So to be honest, around page 50, you start reading faster and faster and faster and faster uh, until you get to the end. Now, that's a little different than if I have to do coverage. And I don't always have to do coverage. For big break, you just score. For slam dance, you only do coverage if they recommend, if they actually pay for it. So you do have to read a little closer if you're doing coverage. And yes, I'm taking notes. I'm saying... Uh, as soon as I figure out what the major problem is, uh, they don't have the right central character. There's nothing driving this. There's, uh, you have three screenplays in one. Uh, there's usually one thing that generally is the main fault of a screenplay. And if you can zero in on that, that makes the whole coverage easier to write because everything just evolves out of that. Where I, I can figure out really quick what's going, uh, what's wrong with it or what works about it. I don't have to take as many notes. I, I can figure out the main thing that's going wrong and then I just build from that. Uh, is that answering your question? Yeah, I, I, I think you know, obviously there's, there's any number of ways you, you could have answered that particular question. But yeah, it answers uh, my question for the most part. Uh, I do want to dive a little bit deeper though into uh, your... Uh, I do want to dive a little bit deeper into your thinking about character versus plot. Mm -hmm. uh, because you said that those are the things that, if, if it's more plotty, that that's almost less forgiving than if you have great character. So uh, talk to me about, because structure can be so important, but the structure is generally built into the plot, whereas character can, I don't want to, for lack of a better word, say meander more, but uh, do, you, do you have kind of rigid uh, thoughts in your mind about if it doesn't have good structure uh, and good plotting within that structure that you will be more forgiving of a script if it's got great, great, great character? Or are you saying that great characters got to fit into um, a structure that, that works? Um, well, if you have very, very strong characters... What I'm saying is you don't have to have a really plotty plot. You don't have to have Star Wars. You don't have to have uh, 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 Indiana Jones. You can have something much, much smaller, uh, like a garden state. Uh, um, instead, I'm trying to think of something, or The Empty Hours, which is a film from Mexico. If, you have a re if, if the thing is more plot-oriented... Um, if it's a highly original plot, which I, I hate to tell you guys out there who are writing, it probably won't be. We just see too many films and read too many screenplays. It's almost impossible to come up with a really highly original plot. But um, if it's more plot-driven um, and certain genres uh, like sci-fi or horror, you still have to have strong characters. Now... You can probably get away with characters on a, on a scale of 1 to 10 uh, with characters that are 7 or 8 uh, if you have a really exciting, a really interesting uh, plot that's genre-oriented. Uh, but 
I think everybody should strive to have characters that are a 9 or a 10, even if it is a genre-oriented, plot-oriented thing. I think it's much better to have an Iron Man and a, um, a X-Men Days of Future Past over a Godzilla uh, or even Dawn of the Planet of the Apes where the non-human characters are just really not very interesting. Now, those films succeeded. They made a lot of money. But we're talking about a first-time writer trying to get their foot in the door. And you really need to, if you're going to really excite a reader, if the characters aren't interesting, we don't really care what happens to them plot-wise. So, in in general, just because I, I find this fascinating, because when you when you when you have a chance to be exposed to so much material, I find that you kind of get these big picture. It, it's almost like data dumping. There's so much data when you look at it in volume that you mm-hmm. get to make these these big picture analysis comments that you wouldn't otherwise get to make if you were only looking at a handful of scripts a year. So you're in right. a, unique, a unique position of being able to say, okay, I've read you know, and read three to 400 scripts a year. Let's just start with just some, some big picture numbers here out of curiosity. Out of those three to 400 scripts a year, how many of them are recommends? One out of every 20. Okay, interesting. And of the other 20 that don't get the recommends, are they, are they all over the map from this is the worst thing I've ever read to, ah, this could have been a recommend, but I'm just not going to. Like, it's close, but not quite. Like, how much... Uh, on on your scale of one to ten, out of those those, those twenty that aren't passing, what percentage of that, out of curiosity, is you know this isn't formatted right? The plot is horrible. Yeah. The characters are like I'm, I'm just wondering of a in terms of a pool of quality, you know, where does that kind of range look like, or are you looking at like this even bell curve between you know one and nineteen that don't make the pass? It's just this bell curve where the middle is kind of homogenous. You get a few crappy ones and a few that that could have made it, or is it totally scaled the other way, where it's like there's just a lot of crap and only a few really make the cut? Um, I would say that, and this is off the top of my head, out of the twenty, you know, I'll generally recommend one. That's a good year too, but generally one. Uh, And then um, there's going to be probably at least three that are just almost unreadable where I have absolutely no idea what the plot is. After that, they tend to get to be bland, formulaic. I've read these a million times before. Um, The characters just aren't very interesting. Um, I know in the first ten pages, I know what the plot is, uh, because the formula, they're following a formula. Um, And they're just not very original. They are just written very formulaic or what they think is going to, to sell. Um, you do get a few that you go, God, this this is so close, but um, I, I just it's just not quite there. And I, I just really can't see myself. Now, I say that I recommend one. Um, sometimes there's two because there's when it comes to slam dance, because of the way you grade them, if you give them a certain grade, they get two reads. If you get a, a, another grade, they get one more read. So every once in a while, I'll get something, uh, I'm not sure, and I'll recommend it and say, well, I'll let one other person um, uh, read that as well. Um, but most of the time, it's just the vast majority of them are just 
they're just unimaginative. They're not taking any chances. They're not doing anything. The people have nothing to say. There's no reason why they've written the screenplay. They have nothing to share. They're just seeing what's in the movie theaters or or whatever, and they're just trying to imitate that. And it right. is. So you, you know. see a, a lot of derivative material then. Right. So, okay, help me understand what in your mind would help a filmmaker or writer out when they're trying to crack your one in 20 what are the what are the things okay. uh, and uh, what are the things oh, that I'm, you can share that i think would be helpful uh you know help helpful points that writers and filmmakers can think about okay i would like to go back and just add one more thing oh, yeah, to the yeah. previous one there there is a set of scripts that are horribly formatted but they're brilliant and these are the saddest ones because I know for a fact if I recommend them, the next person isn't. They're not going to want to bother. Even if I warned them and say, I know this formatting is terrible, but this is brilliant, they're not going to care. So uh, I just wanted to add that in, that I have read some that I think are absolutely brilliant and even deserve to be first place. They're not going anywhere because the formatting is just so horrendously bad. That is... So I just... Oh my! Just God. wanted to put that Shameful. out. Shameful. Yes. Uh, but well, it is. I, I, and, and you're, it's the you, one thing I don't understand. There are books out there for formatting. How hard can it be? Can you? Do you have the opportunity, out of curiosity, to actually talk to any of these people that have submitted and say, "You've written a great script. Go take a course. Go read a few books and resubmit it." Can you say that? Can you actually have any kind yes, of Yes, I've um, even for slam dance. If we don't do the full coverage, we're supposed to like four or five lines uh, about what works and doesn't work, just a real small paragraph. And I have actually said, you cannot show this to anybody until you fix the formatting. I have actually said that. And I'll only say that if I really like the script. If I think, oh, this is a great script, I'll say, this is a great script, but you just can't show it to anybody like this. Uh, There's just no chance. No one is going to want to read it. So I will say that. I will say that. Otherwise, if, if, if formatting is just bad and I don't really care about the screenplay that much, I'll just say, you need to look at the formatting. You need to bring it up to industry standard. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be much milder if I don't like the script. If I really like the script, I'm going to say, for God's sake, get this formatting down, you know, because uh, you're your own worst enemy. And those are the real heartbreakers. Yeah, no, no, I, I would imagine so, uh, just because you see yeah. the potential. And given yeah. that you, you read so much, it, you know, when you see something that could be really great, I'm sure that's somewhat heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, um, so we're going to the question of, um, I'm sorry, I forgot the question. Yeah, yet. no, no, I, I, I wanted to just get some practical tips and advice to, oh. to filmmakers, uh, things right. that would be your genuine recommendations uh, that would be helpful uh, you know, when you're reading a script, uh, just, you know, advice, right. things you would recommend, tips, tricks. Well, first, first is, yeah. is formatting. There is absolutely no excuse to have bad formatting. I'm sorry. There just isn't. Um, you know, in my Ten Commandments that I have in my book, uh, you know, my first one is, thou shalt not read any book or go take any class or listen to any guru about writing a screenplay until you've written two or three. But the second one is, the only exception is thou shalt read a book on formatting. You have to do that. You have to do that. 
Um, so that's sort of my first one. But the main thing that I would like people... But before you actually go on to the next, just, just because we've spoken so much about it, what is your recommended book or books on formatting? Um, I, I don't really have one particular, but I think the standard is what the Bible of the, the Screenwriter's Bible or something uh, like that. It's, it's very easy to find. It's, it's pretty much the standard. I, for some reason, the... Uh, um, um, it doesn't come to mind right now. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. There, there are there are many. I just was curious whether yeah, you have one there, particular that there's you There's one major one. There's one that everybody seems to, to go to, and that would be a good one right. uh, okay. to go to. Um, also, if you read a lot of screenplays, I mean, if you read a lot of screenplays, you'll, find, you'll start figuring out, oh, now I know not to do this because I know how how bad it looks on the page and how hard it is to read as well. So that's another way to train yourself. Read other screenplays and see what they do wrong formatting. And you'll go, oh my God, I've been doing this. I have to stop doing this. Well, I think the most important thing I really want to get across to writers is they write with a vision, that they have something to say, that they take chances, that they they try to break the rules, that they, they come up with something original, uh, something that uh, uh, that means something to them. Right. Okay, so... Uh, moving along to then the decision process, mm-hmm. what is it like in the room? I, I, I imagine that there's several uh, readers who are all going to come together and, and make a decision together at the end. Uh, how does that process work uh, when you're actually trying to decide who's going to win a, a contest? Well, at the very end, um, there's maybe 10, 12 people who get together and we already have the list of the ones who have the top scores. So we sort of have a list that we have to whittle down to either the top 10 or the top eight, depending on where that's going to go. And then after that, we have to whittle it down uh, to the top three and then uh, the first place, and then the first place winter winner. And sometimes it can get a little uh, contentious. Um, one of the biggest conflicts that have been rising up more and more lately, it didn't used to be this way, is the idea of, will anybody make this film? Um, will anybody buy this film? And I fight hard against that. I don't understand that, especially today, when there's so many screenwriters and directors who make the films themselves. So they're not necessarily entering the contest because, oh, we want to use this contest to get this thing sold. They're entering the contest to get more cachet so they can actually do it themselves. So that's one of the biggest um, conflicts. And this also is a conflict that also can rear its ugly head in other areas. When it comes to niche screenplays, um, is it a gay screenplay? Well, a lot of people are a little hesitant to maybe recommend that because they think, who's going to buy that? Who's going to make that? And, you know, they have no idea what's going on out there. Uh, they want something a bit more mainstream, you know. Uh, the same with, you know, if, if it's all uh, black characters or Hispanic or Asian. Sometimes that gets in, and it can be very uncomfortable. Uh, people try not to say that. People try not to let that in. But it does sort of get in when it comes into commercialism. Who's going to buy a script that's not about something that's in the that's making a ton of money in the theater right now. Uh, we sort of go around, we discuss it, we argue with each other, uh, we try not to call each other names, uh, we try not to let it get too heated, 
thought, yeah, we'll say, oh, I hated that script, or oh, I love that script, or oh, that's my favorite script. That's really interesting. I mean, what, what you're talking about there is that people's perception of what they think the market demands, uh, which almost has nothing to do with the quality of the screenplay. It, right. it has to do with, do they think a mini-major or major would make this movie? Right. Uh, and if that's creeping into the thought process, especially today, uh, I would certainly side with you and, and your perspective on that because uh, now the barrier to entry is nothing. Uh, right, and, and so I just that that that's fascinating. Um, do do you find uh, do do you find that uh, I mean have you ever kind of taken stock of when you look at the the winners and the history of the people who have done well at the screenplay contest? Have you do, do you ever go back in time and go, okay, here's all the, the scripts that that actually did get produced or get optioned? Do do you ever look look backwards and see kind of how well you guys? Uh, do in terms of contributing to a project's future success? Um, I don't personally very much. There was one time some years ago when I actually did that for Slam Dance. I wished to get all the top ten winners and I went through and see if anybody uh, uh, got anywhere and who didn't. Um, I've, it's been so long I've forgotten most of those. Um, most contests will actually keep a list. If you go to their website, they, you know, they brag about any successes. I know when it comes to Slam Dance, some of their uh, successes that have come out of there have been um, The Woodsman with Kevin Bacon, uh, Maria Full of Grace, which got a Best Actress nomination at the Oscars, uh, a movie called Drool, which the screenwriter directed herself, uh, and most recently, uh, two horror films, one from Australia called A Hundred Buckets of Blood, a very, very funny horror film, and another one called Jug Face, which was highly original and very, very interesting. Um, so, and then other people, they either get, they might move on to writing assignments, uh, uh, or, or they get hired. Uh, I want to say, I know her first name is Barbara, and of course I can't remember her first name, but she actually uh, writes on uh, quite a few TV uh, shows now. And it's so embarrassing I can't remember her name because I wouldn't mind giving her a plug, but that's it. Um, so Yeah, do, do, do you, uh, I don't know whether you have a lot of conversations with filmmakers directly, but just out of curiosity, do you recommend that, that uh, submitting to a lot of screenplay competitions is a good way to go, or that you should uh, maybe narrow your focus and maybe select one or two screenplays to submit to? I mean, what's your kind of overall philosophy when it comes to uh, positioning a script inside the market and, and using and leveraging screenplay competitions to help further the, I guess, the career, uh, for lack of a better word, of, of one's project. What would be your, uh, I guess, recommendation on that front? Well, uh, I think in a way I would say both. If you have a screenplay that you're really confident in, and I would submit it to a lot of uh, screenplay competitions, but also I would be very picky about which ones. And there are a lot of good ones out there. Nichols, of course, is the granddaddy uh, of them all. Everybody wants... You don't even have to make the top 10 or 20 of Nichols uh, to get attention for your screenplay. So that's sort of like the big grandparent of, 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 all the, all the, of them all. But, of course, Slam Dance and The Big Break, The Final Draft, The Austin, uh, The Page. The, uh, the There's a number that are really, uh, uh, really good. So you can actually 
do both. You can spread your net far and wide while also being very picky about which ones uh, that you've done. Uh, this year, I've sort of spread my net far and wide, and I entered about seven or eight screenplay competitions with the screenplay I wrote. So, uh, But I didn't go mad uh, in entering them either. Uh, do you get to grade your own screenplay? No, no, I can't enter slam dance. I can't enter uh, big break. No, 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 no. And uh, Nichols didn't use me this year. I mean, I've never read for Nichols, and they didn't take me on. So I said, okay, well, I'll enter. Same for Paige, you know. Well, well, look, I I think the the fact that you took the time to to write your book uh, and, I guess, share some of the information and knowledge and and all the things that you've learned along the way, I I think that's just, it's wonderful. Uh, And I I recommend certainly... Uh, that to anybody who's listening. If, if people want to get a hold of uh, a copy of your book, uh, let our listeners know where they can go to, uh, to find it. The book is called Rantings and Ravings of a Screenplay Reader. You can find it on Amazon. You find it either under the name, under my name, Howard Kasner, C-A-S-N-E-R. I'm the only Howard Kasner. I have a very unusual spelling of the last name combined with Howard, uh, so I'm very easy to find. I'm the only Howard Kasner on Facebook. I'm the only Howard Kasner on Twitter. My blog is at is Howard Kastner at at Word. Oh gosh, where is it? <laughs> at um, WordPress. Sorry, Howard Kastner WordPress. I also have a Howard Kastner script consultation link on Facebook. So Amazon is uh, the place to find it. Fantastic. Well, Howard, thanks again for taking the time today to, to share some of your knowledge uh, with us about screenplays and screenplay competitions. Uh, I wish you the best of luck with the book. A uh, ton of fun. And uh, thanks again for, for joining the show today. I really appreciate it.